Good morning. Thank you, Tommy, for doing such a good job this morning. And I guess my first question is, did everybody have a good time getting here this morning? Uh, T-Dot always wants to challenge us, and, and we had a couple weeks, we had our water cut off, and this week we got a maze. So who knows what next week will bring, but I'm glad you're adaptable, flexible, and uh, here this morning. I just want to say a word about Friday night. We had a wonderful choir come all the way from Ireland and just did an uplifting performance. Those young people promoting peace, uh, coming, uh, a choir that was formed out of tragedy, out of a bombing 20 years ago. And so it was just really uplifting to see young people believing and using their talents uh, to uplift and encourage our world that, that's hurting uh, so badly. So it was a wonderful occasion. It's good to see you this morning, and uh, we're going to be studying from Psalms 13, and, and the verse that really captures me, because David is talking in despondency. He's going through trouble. He's having difficulty in his life. And so the first part of Psalms 13, it's kind of all despondency and depressed. It's all these things that are are challenging him. And then by the end of the psalm, he says this, but I have trusted in your mercy. Or as the NIV translated, I have trusted in your love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Trusting in God's love. Love is what I want us to think about and talk about this morning. And when we think about trust, trust is everything, isn't it, when it comes to relationships. Trust is the most basic thing that we have. Good to see you, James. See you back. All the way from Nigeria. Good to see James back with the safe. But trust is the most basic thing, isn't it? And, it, and you can't have a relationship, a good relationship, unless you have trust in that relationship. And, and a lot of times we even take trust for granted. We trust the people that we drive on the streets with, don't we? Yeah, you trust that the person coming the other direction is going to stop at the red light. You have to trust, don't you? A few weeks ago, I was driving home on a curvy road And I was trusting, you know, my mom and dad always said, it's not that we're we're afraid of what you're going to do. I don't don't know if I quite believed them, but I don't don't trust the other people who are driving. Have you ever heard that? But I was driving down the road, and I came to a stop because the car in front of me was turning left, and I look in my rearview mirror, and there is a guy just barreling down the road, fixing to rear-end me. And luckily... For me, he turned off the road and and went flipping down into the ravine on the side of the road. It's something you take for granted, don't we? That the person behind you is actually going to stop when you stop. Trust. Luckily, that man was okay. He came out hyperventilating, but he was okay. I don't know about his car. But he was okay, but we take it for granted, but we have to trust people, don't we? Sometimes we're just forced to. I'm forced to trust the people on the road. 
But it's the currency to every relationship, isn't it? We have some moments, what I would like to call punctuated moments of trust. I tell you, a few years ago, I went into the hospital and then they gave me, they were going to give me some anesthesia and they were going to cut on me. And they said, Mr. Russian, we want you to start counting back from 20. Now, is that a moment of trust? That's punctuated, isn't it? That's like, you, you really got to trust us today. Because we're fixing to cut on you, Mr. Rushing. We don't want you to feel it. So start counting down. 20, 19, 18. Oh, my. What's another moment? Punctuated trust. A few years ago, I got to walk, stand up in front of all my family and friends. And I saw my beautiful wife come in in a white dress. And her wonderful father... My father-in-law walking her down the aisle. And then they got to the questions. And they said, do you take her to be your wedded wife? And I said, I do. But the most shocking thing was not that I said it, but that she said it. <laughs> but isn't that a punctuated moment of trust? Honey, I'm pledging everything I got. As little as it is, it's yours. And I give you my whole life. And I promise that I will be faithful to you no matter what. Come hell or high water, I'm yours. And I try to keep that to this day. Or what about this punctuated moment? This is your captain speaking. Law is rushing. Thank you for boarding flight number 666. I will be your pilot today. <laughs> There's some trust there, isn't it? You're flying in the air with some guy in the front of the plane. Who knows what kind of night he had. But he's flying you. Last I checked, I don't have wings if it goes down. But punctuated moments of trust. And we see trust is unavoidable. We've got to have trust. And even businesses and organizations are finding out that trust is actually the number one premium that you want in your business. You take trust out of an organization and you've got nothing, right? The Covey Group just released a book in the, in the past few years called The Speed of Trust. And it's an amazing story in it that illustrates how powerful trust is. And it talks about this story where Warren Buffett goes into a business dealing. He goes into a business meeting and he's making a purchase from Walmart. But his purchase from Walmart looks a lot different than mine, Tommy. He's buying one of their companies for $23 billion. Woo! And the amazing thing about the story is, is that he goes into this meeting and he buys the company in two hours. Two hours. He doesn't do any other due diligence in the deal. He, he simply trusts Walmart's numbers and they trust that he's got the money because he's Warren Buffett and he buys a $23 billion company with a two-hour meeting. Meanwhile, you'll find me at Walmart trying to decide, am I going to pick the black beans or the pinto beans? <laughs> trust. 
But when you trust somebody, when, when there's trust in an organization, when there's trust among people, it makes a ton of difference. Now, if he went in there suspicious, and if they went in there suspicious, wondering if he was really going to buy it, and then they had their lawyers get into it, how much longer of a deal do you think that would have took if you had to get the lawyers and the CPAs and all those people counting all the beans? You think they could have hammered it out in that quick of a deal? Trust. It's so important. There's that story. Charles Blondin, tightrope artist. 1859, he's walking across Niagara Falls, 160 feet above the, the falls. And he walks across it. Then he walks across it on stilts. And then he rides across it on a, on a bicycle. And then he has a wheelbarrow. And he goes across the the tightrope with the wheelbarrow. And then he goes across the tightrope with the wheelbarrow and then he's blindfolded. And everybody says, you're the greatest. You're so great. And he said, well, who wants to get into the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Not one person signed up. <laughs> trust. And why do you think it's so hard to trust? I'll tell you why it is for me. Because ultimately... This guy wants control. Don't you? Nine times out of ten, I want the keys to the car. Nine times out of the ten, I want to make the final word. I want the final decision. I want, to, I want to choose. I want to have control. And ultimately, trust is about control, isn't it? We know that verse in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. Lean not on your own understanding, but that's hard for me because I want to lean on myself. I want to lean on my, what I think is right. And that's the problem that we have as human beings is that we want control of everything. But are we really capable of doing it? Are we really capable of navigating life without God? Jeremiah said, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man to direct his own steps. I need some help with directing my life. I need help. Some people think they know where they're at. Do you really know where you're at? Well, I'm at the Lindsley Avenue Church. I barely got here this morning. But do you know where you're at in the universe? The universe is 46 billion light years across. One light year is 6 trillion miles. So my question is, do you really know where you're at? Because I don't. And if you don't even know where you're at, how can you have control of the destiny of your life? We need someone to help us with that, don't we? That direction. I remember, I tell this story sometimes about when I got lost the first time in my entire life that I can remember. And it was at George Washington's house, Mount Vernon. It was such a beautiful house, historical. And there's lots of things to distract a, a seven-year-old kid. But ultimately, I saw something that I wanted and guess what? I trusted in my own will. 
in my own self-will. And I walked over and I began to look at something. And then I looked up. Where's mom and dad? (laughs) And I began to run around Mount Vernon like nobody's business. Running, looking for mom and dad and my brother and sisters. Kept running and running and running. Finally saw a man in the distance, his dad, his back. And I ran up to him and I said, Dad! And he turned around and it was some other guy. There's nothing scarier than expecting to see your dad and then to see some stranger, right? And to still be lost. But yet in this life, how many times do we mistake other things, other people, other values, other priorities for our Father? We're seeking Him, but we, we mistake something else for our Father. Getting lost. But the psalmist says, I have trusted in your love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. The great Augustine said it like this, Trust the past to God's mercy, the present to God's love, and the future to God's providence. The first thing that we have to do with God is to trust Him with our past. We have to trust Him with our past. And when I look at my life, when I look at my past, it ain't pretty. And somehow I've got to trust this unpretty part of my life and I have to hand it over to a good God. I look at my life and I see failure. I look at my life and I see selfishness. I look at my past and I see mistakes. And you know what I want to do? I want to, I want to hold on to all that. And I want to try to make it all right. But God says, no, I want that. I want to take your past and I want to forgive you. And the amazing thing about God and His gospel is that He can take our brokenness, He can take our self-will, and He can transform it. It's amazing. And God wants to heal your life. God wants to repair. God wants to restore. God wants to reconcile. That's what God wants to do with our past. His forgiveness is like no other. The great thing about God's forgiveness is, number one, it's free. That's amazing, isn't it? Because in this world, I don't know of anything that's free. It's free. And the reason why it's free to you and me is because Jesus is the one who incurred the cost. Jesus, with His life, gave His life for me and you. He paid the debt of our sin on the cross. I was talking to an unbeliever this past week, close to death. And he still wants to hang on to that unbelief. And he's he's a smart guy. He's a good guy. But he, he can't believe for some reason. He said, you know what, God? God hasn't taken responsibility I said, what is the cross? That's what the cross is. It's God taking responsibility for you. It's taking responsibility for me. It's Jesus taking responsibility for my failures. God wants to forgive you 
so badly that He sent His Son to die for you. Not only is His forgiveness free, it's full. It's paid in full. That means there's no, there's no ifs and buts about it. There's no speculation about it. That when God forgives you, He forgives you fully. He doesn't hang on to anything. He doesn't do like some of us do and we bring it back up. Ever had one of those good friends? I thought you forgave me. Well, actually, while I'm at it, I'm going to tell you a few more things that you did to me. I got a list in my back pocket. Let's see, where is it? But God forgives us fully, doesn't He? And He also forgives us forever. As far as the east is from the west, I have removed your transgression from you. So like David, we can say, I have trusted in your love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Trust your past to God's mercy. Number two, trust the present to His love. And let me tell you, I think that might be the hardest thing to do, to trust Him right now. Right? Some of us got the eternity thing down. We say, I I trust you for eternity, God. But the hard part is, can I trust Him today? Because today isn't going the way that I want it to go. Once again, getting back to control, right? Because I don't have control of everything. Because I don't have enough money. Because I don't have the rent. Because I am sinning. How can I trust you for today? If we can trust Him for eternity, we can trust Him today. Another thing that God does for us is that He tells us the truth. And isn't truth a part of trust? Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He tells us the truth. And sometimes He tells it when it's hard to tell us that truth. Jesus said, I came into this world to bear witness of the truth, and those who are of the truth hear me. Jesus tells the truth. That's why you can trust Him. Other people will lie to you. Other people will tell you what you want to hear. Right? Some people are trying to sell you something. But Jesus is trying to save you. God loves you. In our circumstances, no matter what it is, God will find a way for us. Remember when Paul was dealing with that agony, with that thorn in the flesh, he came to God three times requesting that it be taken away. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. What a beautiful thing that no matter what our circumstances, God's grace can pull us through it. And then we also have the worry, don't we? If I'm truly trusting God today, then why do I have this anxiety? Why do I have this worry? Why am I trying to keep control of everything? Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about the body or what you wear. Is not life more than food? There's something more at stake than just the physical. There is a spiritual reality. Trust me. Trust me. Not only to trust Him for our past, our present, but also the future. And once again, 
We're dealing with things that are out of our control, aren't we, to some degree. Yes, you can make decisions today that will affect your future. But all of us have to admit there are aspects of our future which we do not control. I couldn't predict that that car was going to barrel down the road and almost hit me. I don't know what the future holds, but ultimately I know who's holding the future. God is sovereign. And God's plan will unfold. And God lives in every moment with us. Even the most mundane, even the most ordinary, God lives in those moments too. That's why Paul said, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and have been called according to His purpose. God is with us in every moment. And we know He will work it out. So like David, we can say, but I have trusted in your love and my heart shall rejoice. So what's the conclusion? Number one, God loves you. And if someone loves you, you can trust them. God has proven His love through His Son, Jesus. Not only does God love you, He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows every number of the hairs that are on your head, right? Some of us, that's an easier job than others. But He knows us, right? He has searched us and He has known us. He knows our lying down and our waking up, it says in Psalms 139. Not only does He love you, He knows you, He's got you. And we just have to release control to Him. And we're safe. We can trust Him with our lives. There's that old story of the little boy on the burning roof. His father yells down for him to jump. And the little boy says, I can't see you. I can't see you, Dad. And the father says, no, but I can see you. And no matter what, God sees you. And it's our job to trust Him today. Are you a Christian this morning? The Bible says that it begins in faith. It begins in trust. It begins by having that relationship with Him, by desiring Him, by yearning for Him. And because of faith, we, we see our lives for what it is that we need to turn from those things that hurt us. We turn from our own self-will. We turn from that which destroys us. And we turn to His will. Because His will is life. His will is love. His will is mercy. His will is grace. And we turn from that selfish life and we turn to Him and we confess Him to be the Son of God. And we're, we ask to be baptized into His body, the church, and we begin that walk, that walk of trust, that walk of love. And we can say, I have trusted in your love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. If you need anything this morning, know that we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We're going to sing this next song to encourage you. So won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.